Welcome to Church in the Basement, where we seek to see God more clearly and to live a life loving God and loving others. Well, hello, everybody. It's good to be back with you. Just talking some things out. We are currently under a shelter-in-place order uh, with the state of Washington. So I know many of you, um, actually a handful of you, are still working, seen as essential. Doesn't that feel good uh, to be seen as essential? But a handful of us are actually not working, and it's hard to sort of process through this whole thing. And I know from my perspective, it's been an interesting road in that, you know, I think I started to be affected by it or at least witness it in of course as most of you know my social mosaic one of them is costco i'm there a lot i buy a lot of stuff for our house uh, a lot of stuff for encounter i like to keep everybody fed Uh, so i'm at costco a lot and i remember I, i guess it's a number of weeks ago maybe a month ago i was in costco and i just saw this mad sort of mob looking group back. Um, The way I say that, it sounds like they had pitchforks and torches or something. It was just a group of people. They were all grabbing toilet paper and water and paper towels. It was just sort of a mass group of people in the back of Costco. And for any of you who have a Costco membership and sort of go to the back of the store, you know it can get congested there anyway. And I think it was the one of the days where I was just trying to get in, get out, And so I avoided it, but it definitely took note of it. Then a few days later, Kim was at Costco and she sends me this picture. And, you know, Costco has these huge metal racks that go from floor to ceiling. And the back ones where that group of people or where they were uh, was completely wiped out. Like these were completely empty and I was floored. I think I joked about it at Encounter that night, but it's kind of wild that they would be wiped out of these essentials like water and toilet paper and paper towels. And then sort of the hysteria continued. I believe it was that week when we had schools closing. I think there were more and more cases. That whole thing in Kirkland where the coronavirus swept through one of the assisted living homes in Kirkland sort of sent a little bit of a shockwave into our state and you know things were happening pretty rapidly in Italy at that time over that weekend I just remember having conversations like how do we proceed with things and schools were closing and those were the first things to close then you know as the weeks have gone on you know Costco has sort of evolved I was there And I happened to be there a little bit earlier and they had all these pallets stacked up to sort of keep everybody in a line, sort of funneling in the front. From what I understand, like Costco gets really busy in the morning. Uh, Steven, one of the guys, shout out to Steven, uh, one of the guys who lives with us, he works over there. I guess it's really, really busy in the morning and it dies down in the evening. Uh, Him and I were there the other day um, in uh, sort of later in the day. And so they were funneling everybody through the line. It had this list of things they were out of, like like sugar and 
and flour, uh, maybe it wasn't flour, may, rice and that kind of a thing, you know, sort of the preppers uh, list, uh, canned foods, that kind of a thing. And then you were limited to one or two of certain items. Uh, I thought it was wild. There were tons of chicken breasts, um, but no chicken thighs because uh, chicken thighs are just way more delicious. I get it. When you're in quarantine, you want to eat good food. And so then it sort of evolved. You know, they had that line. And I think later that day I was there with BJ and it, it, it was less busy, uh, less madness. And I think it's because people are trying to get in to get those essential items, water, toilet paper, and that kind of a thing. And just kind of interesting. The other day when I was there with Steven, there were even these these plastic partitions up and they don't want to touch your card, which I totally understand. You know, there were these these tape lines so you could be six feet apart from the person in front of you. People at the front door saying social distancing. And I think these are all really great precautions. Over this last few weeks, um, you know, it's been sort of this up and down roller coaster of how do I process through this with uh, my wife and I. We, you know, live in this wild community house and, and trying to, you know live life with people around us, live out Acts 2, 42 through 47, uh, be in community, and then to have this virus come up, this whole COVID-19 situation come up where we know people who have lost their jobs. Um, We know people who are in a season of sort of some really fearful, um, really fearful in certain areas of their life especially in finances, like what's going to come next and trying to understand, like we can't, the the balance between just keeping on, you know, keep calm and carry on like that famous poster or slogan, but also like we have to carry on in some way, shape or form, but also respecting and honoring the people who have lost their jobs, who have gone through a a huge shift in the way their life looks. Uh, Someone was asking me the other night, hey, has this been nice? Has it felt like a vacation almost? And the work that we do has sort of shifted, but it hasn't uh, died off. We are still working. um, My wife more than ever, it feels like. And but routine has been shaken up. And I think that's a huge thing to note. As we've seen on some of those Bridgetown Daily podcasts that we've been going through, um, our plans, as he talked about in James, plans are a huge thing. Like we cling to plans as humans. Uh, We just cling to plans uh, and expectations for our day and routine. And it's a big deal for us. And all of that's been shaken up our routines, our plans, and we can't necessarily plan for the foreseeable future. And that's really hard. That's really difficult for us. And I think precautions being taken, like to stay at home. We had a conversation with a guy on video games. We were playing that new Call of Duty Warzone. And so we were playing video games and ended up with a friend from Bend who we knew friends of friends, but, uh, he was on there and it was really interesting to hear his perspective in that he works in hospitality. He has a two-year-old, his wife works in hospitality and it's hard for them 
to sort of wrap their head around the foreseeable future, they're not working. Uh, and you know, they don't get paid when you work in hospitality. You don't get paid when you're not at work. You got to go to work and you got to make the tips. Uh, but he expressed a certain amount of frustration with people just trying to continue as normal, say, hey, come over for board games and let's spend time together and, and let's still gather. Um, let's still be together. And he expressed that, man, I lost my job over this. Um, granted, it's just for a season. He didn't like lose, lose his job as many of us are in that situation. But I, he, he was saying, I lost my job. So can we please respect this process, be a part of the process, go home, watch Netflix, do whatever you got to do to get through this so we can get back to work and I can provide for my two-year-old and my wife. Um, let's not continue this. Let's not continue to gather. And it was really interesting for uh, Kim and I to hear that, to hear sort of that perspective that we all, most of us who have a faith and a trust in Jesus Christ, we are, of course, going to scriptures like Philippians 4, which are huge, um, that are in magnitude and tremendous and something that we need to cling to and meditate on and focus in on and, and ask God, God, how do I practically do this? This scripture in Philippians 4, it says, you know, to leave our worries and our fears and our anxieties, basically this anxiousness, this worry um, at the foot of the cross, that it was all taken care of at the cross. And I'm paraphrasing here. Please go and read it and meditate on it and, and lay it at the feet of Jesus. And through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, so in a prayerful heart with a thankful heart, we leave those things at the foot of the cross, knowing that Jesus already took care of it. And what did he do at the cross? He defeated sin. He defeated death so that we could enter into a new life, right? That the Holy Spirit comes in when we look at the work of Jesus and we go, yes, you did it. I believe in you. I believe in what you did. His Spirit comes in and gives us new life. And this is an amazing verse. This is tremendous. And I would think in a time like this that my mind would continue to go to that scripture. And many of you have maybe heard me you know, give you that scripture in times where you're dealing with anxiety or, or worry or fear. And, and now is the time to meditate on scriptures like that. Um, but I think it's really amazing, really interesting that for some reason, God and his spirit keeps leading me to first Peter, uh, first Peter one. Um, I know in the Bridgetown daily, Kim laughed yesterday because, uh, whoever the guy was on there who was leading that meditation that morning um, or yesterday during the day, uh, he went to 1 Peter 5. And it just shows that all over scripture, you know, it helps us deal with these things like anxiety and and worry and burden. I, he was talking about burdens, I think. And But in 1 Peter, right at the very beginning of this chapter, um, in verse three, let me read it for you. So we're all on the same page here. But if you open your Bibles right now, uh, if that's helpful for you to read along, uh, now would be the time. But 
it says here, uh, and just a little context while you're turning there, if you're turning there in your app or um, grabbing a Bible real quick. If you're doing dishes or something, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll read it here. But Peter is talking to a group of believers, um, non-Jewish believers, who are experiencing tremendous persecution uh, for their faith. So that's the context of this letter. So it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven forever for you. Excuse me who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So we see in this text, this group of believers who are experiencing this persecution, uh, Peter commending them for living out what we just talked about in Philippians 4. That through, in this place of testing and trials and, and in this place where they're under this extreme pressure, which, yeah, we could, in a sense, compare it to where we're at with COVID-19, where we have these pressures pressing in, and we have a tendency as human beings to worry and fear. But something is a little bit different, that through this test, they do this thing, and it produces something else. It's almost like a biblical math equation, the way I, I see this, and, and you could apply it even to Philippians 4 as well, that it's sort of this biblical math equation. And it's not that simple. We know that the things of the Lord are, are very simple, but also complex, and that we need him in order to actually do these things. But we see that there's this test and this trial, and this group of believers do this specific thing, and it produces joy. It produces what it says is this joy that is inexpressible, that they rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible. And we see the same thing in in Philippians 4. We see that when we lay our worries and our fears and our anxieties at the foot of the cross and we pray and we are with him and we just experience his presence, and we do this with a thankful heart, it produces a peace that goes beyond our understanding. This falls into a similar category as this joy that is inexpressible, that there's something deeper, there's some depth to 
this peace and this joy. And, and the only, the place that it draws me back to, and, and I, I say this maybe a lot, but in Galatians, we see the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, goodness, faithfulness. But so this peace and this joy, they are fruits. They're fruits of the Spirit. They're fruits. They're things that really only the Spirit can give us that level of peace and that level of joy. And for this group of believers, the key thing that they did when these trials came along, so the trial plus what equals a fruit of the Spirit, this joy that is inexpressible, it's to rely on Jesus Christ. It says that through these testings may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this shows us that their focus, that their intention um, in, in moving forward in the midst of these pressures that are pressing in on them, they made this choice to focus in on the gift that Jesus had given them, that through the work of Jesus Christ, that through his death and his resurrection, that God saw them, that God loved them enough to come and die, and that his blood would wash them clean, that his blood, and we've been talking about the blood, right? We've, as we've been going through the gospel of John, that the blood of Jesus is the only thing that that fulfills the justice that needs to be served in order it's the only thing holy enough to wash us clean so that we may be holy and be in the presence of God for those of us who spend time with God on a regular basis and quiet ourselves and open the word and hear his voice and experience something in our life that is the spirit and the presence of God leading us and guiding us, that is only, only because of his blood, that Jesus is now made available, Jesus and his spirit and his mission is now made available to us because of his blood and the work that he did on the cross. And as we look to him and as we focus in on him and we really you know, Philippians 4 says that about through prayer and thanksgiving. In this place where we, we sort of submit ourselves to the work of Christ and we see it as a gift. We see it as no matter what comes our way, whether it's COVID-19 or in this time it was tremendous persecution for these believers. Or as we heard on the Bridgetown Daily podcast, that you know, C.S. Lewis was talking about the atomic bomb, or it could be, you know, a certain war. It could be, man, now we're hearing out of the woodworks that there's like locusts plaguing certain parts of the Middle East, that there's tsunamis in Hawaii, that there are earthquakes. Um, I'm not going to get too into eschatology and I'm not going to lead us down that direction. I know it sounds like that. Uh, Jesus said, be mindful of the times, but that that goes back to the focus, where is the focus? That, that Jesus is our prize and Jesus is our gift. He has given us a gift of life and life with him. And so in this time, as we find peace 
in the war that has already been won on the cross, that this is not a battle that we have to fight, but a battle that he has fought for us. And so we just need to be, we just need to be in his presence, be encouraged by his love, by the love of his work on the cross, by the love of him extending his spirit to us day after day to empower our minds and our hearts and our thoughts to live a life of love. Would you take the time to, which a lot of us do have now, would you take the time, would you open Philippians 4? Would you open First Peter 1? And would you read the text? And then I want you to sit and just listen. I want you to sit and listen. And, and before we listen, would, would you ask God the question? Would you ask God, God, would you help me to understand this? With a deep inner understanding. God, would you help me to experience what your word says? to understand in the midst of this hysteria, this chaos. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you fill me with your peace? Would you fill me with your joy in the midst of it? Because who doesn't want to experience a joy that is inexpressible and a peace that goes beyond our understanding? And we see from these texts, it comes from focusing on Christ and the cross. So would you do that with me over this weekend and just meditate on these two texts? I encourage you, if you have questions, would you ask them of the Spirit of God to teach and to reveal? And I'm excited to hear what comes out of this time of meditation. I love you guys. Be blessed. And we should have another one of these up on Tuesday. So we'll talk to you then.